Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the JWB Transactional Tidbits, where we give you a consumable perspective on ads, drops, and diagnostics for this week. I'll be here all year with you guys, as we have been thus far through week five, attacking the waiver wire and getting ahead of injury news for you guys. As we go through the players to potentially add today, make sure you let us know in the comments below what players you need to drop in order to add the players. And also, if anyone in your league dropped anybody that you think could be worth the ad, get into the comments and ask us uh, for that extra little push to let you know if there's somebody you should be interested in as well. But before we get started today, you know what I got to do. Welcome. You're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. All right, guys. Now, before we get into today, full transparency, um, I missed the quarterbacks this weekend for you guys, and uh, I didn't get a chance to watch most of these games in person, but I've caught up on the box scores, a couple of the highlights. Uh, Hopefully next week I can get into a lot of the replays. Uh, I picked up a concussion last weekend, and I was toughing out and working probably a little bit too much. I hit a wall. The last few days have been a lot of ups and downs, but mainly trying to sleep, stay away from screen time. But I want to get this one out for you guys, so I'm sticking in the uh, the prep for it and the recording time here for you guys. And I have to start by jumping into our ads for the week. As always, we're going to start with must-ads. We typically try to target players here who are 55% or less rostered, so we're not giving you uh, useless information here. Obviously, some players that are rostered more 55% or less have hit your wire. Uh, they're definitely worth taking a look at. A player maybe like a Romeo Dobbs who's already rostered 60% of leagues. He should, if he's out there, he's probably worth the ad in your league. But to start, we're going to go with Jake Ferguson here, who's rostered a 49% of leagues. He's seen improvement every single week. He's coming off his third game of seven targets in just his first four. Uh, he's a solid option. He's a solid of a fringe tight end one option as they come. Uh, I'll trust the target share and red zone utilization for a Dallas tight end who's been heavily involved for a month straight. So I've seen enough from Jake Ferguson to go use a mid-level priority uh, for any tight end needy team or 15 to 25% of my fab if I'm in that exact same situation in a fab league, of course. Next must add is the Washington Commanders defense. We're going to be targeting Chicago all year. They're only 14% added. So being so available, I dropped probably up to 6 to 11% uh, fab on this defensive app. I would even use a low waiver priority for him. The reason is because Week six is Atlanta. Week seven are the Giants. Obviously, week five next week is with Chicago. So three usable matchups in a row for a defense that has some competency to them. I think that this is an ad you want to get ahead of here with Washington. Last one, I'm going to add I'm going to Jaden Reed at 38%, but I'm going to just throw this in its entirety. This is a follow-up to our call to ensure that these players are rostered. We've done it four weeks in a row. Broken record here, but Marvin Mims Jr., Josh Downs, Jaden Reed, Tank Dell. Make sure that these players are rostered, and um, yeah, they're good stashes for you as well. Now, the next group of guys we're getting to are contextual ads, players that like you can add, but it really just depends what context we're talking, what situation you are in. Specifically, these are the ones you might want to go into the comments and let us know tomorrow uh, while you're going through your decision-making process. We're going to start with Jaleel McLaughlin, who is the currently the highest added player after week four i'll throw a little bit of fab and i'm not using waiver priority on them it's unclear if javante is even going to miss time plus it's unclear if this backfield is just worth anything for fantasy at all for the time being denver has been a really tough team all around it's a tentative ad if cheaper free i'll buy into the ambiguity and the receiving upside but expectations are low with mclaughlin 
Next player is Michael Wilson for the Arizona car. 6% added. I personally would stash him in shallow leagues if I have the open space, but I'm not using any waiver priority or spending more than a few dollars of fab on him in leagues where you have to start three wide receivers in a flex as a 10% plus add for me with flex appeal and it's solid fantasy playoff upside. He has three playoff matches versus teams that have been bottom third to wide receivers thus far. Uh, so especially in those deeper leagues or PPR leagues, I think he's worth a speculative add there. CJ Stroud is 54% rostered. And we're going to give the same speech as last week for any team without a set and forget quarterback, or if you are waiting on Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow, CJ is an ideal depth ad. He's an ideal fill in and he has two solid matchups coming up before his bye week is a mid to high quarterback two moving forward. Next player guys, Mitchell Trubisky. He's rostered in basically 0% of leagues, but he's worth a few dollar fab at super flex leagues. Only this is a very niche response here, but it looks like Pickett Slater missed some time with the knee injury. Superflex leagues go throw a dollar or two on Mitchell Trubisky. Next, we got Jameson Williams is 53% rostered. I think he's worth the stash. I'm not using any waiver priority. I'm spending minimal fab on him. I'm not dropping any studs. He's only worth the hold if you can afford to do so as well. It's a bet on that offense, but I'm still not convinced from what we've seen that Jameson will get the volume necessary for consistency, especially with other options within the offense earning their involvement after a month. Next, Zach Ertz, Rosson, 35% of leagues. Zach's a fine streaming option. I, I don't need to roster him if I'm not playing him. The floor and the ceiling are both really low, to be honest, but he shouldn't leave you with zeros in your lineup. So if that's worth it to you, Zach Ertz is always going to be a fine streaming option. Next, we got Matt Breida, rostered at 35% of league. I've hated on Breida a ton throughout the years, especially even last week on this show, so I'll keep it really short. If Barkley misses another week, guys, and you're absolutely desperate at running back, is going to be an RB3. He's got mid-RB2 upside versus Miami. Only way I'm at him. Next, Tower Board with T. Higgins out. I'll roster board in any league where I need to start three wide receivers. Really, that's it. I prefer PPR. I'm not keeping my expectations on Tower Board really, really high. But if I am in a pinch and need that extra wide receiver, I think Tower Board is going to be fine, uh, at least for the short term with T. Higgins out. Next, before we get out of here, I'm going to drop a couple kickers and defenses for you guys. But as always, comes on Thursday morning. Check in with our special team spotlight where we dive into post waivers. These defensive kickers roster in under 55% of leagues that you can stream next week with confidence. But we're going to get ahead of those, so you make sure you're here with us on this one as well as that other show. We're going to get ahead on the uh, Detroit Lions defense here. I know we are started with Washington. I think they're an absolute must-add, but I'm adding in the Detroit Lions here. 8% roster, very solid matchup versus Carolina. They've been a fringe defense one uh, thus far. Three solid outings in four weeks. I think they're going to be viable next week. Just like the Houston Texans I have as viable next week. They were a team we were high on last week for fantasy. It worked out. They have a very solid matchup versus Atlanta next week. They've been a fringe defense one uh, with back-to-back dependable outings here. So I think they're also viable. And the last one's Miami, 35% rostered. Not my favorite matchup uh, for week five. But, you know, this team with the Giants that they face is really just one I'm going to be targeting all offseason. I think they're a fine streamer. Um, just not keeping my expectations extremely high in Miami. But if they're out there and you're in a pinch, they'll work. Next, we have kickers, Brett Mayer. Rams are continuing to crush offensively. We've told you to add Brett Mayer four weeks in a row. I think he's proven to be a viable weekly streaming option here for us. Uh, he's going to be in my top 12 again next week. So I think he's worth the add. Cammy Fairbairn, 1% rostered. We crushed this call last week for Fairbairn to be a sneaky streamer, and it paid off. Again, that special team spotlight, that's where we told you guys, if you were in a pinch, Cammy Fairbairn will get the job done. He did. Now, he's a solid streamer and two 
optimal matchups for a pass happy offense like Houston. The defenses are just good enough to stop touchdowns, but have allowed teams to drive. We love this for our field goal kickers. Uh, that's with the Falcons and the Saints. So go pick up Fairbairn. Next, we have Brandon Aubrey, 38%. Every week I've advised it. Every single week we've said to go pick up Aubrey. Go at him. He's a kicker four on the season. Dallas has been consistent offensively for their kicker. He's a top 12 option every single week. Uh, I'm going to keep putting him in this show until he's over that 55% mark. Him and Jake Moody, of course, the guys we've been banging the drum for all week. Keep a look on post or bye week for Cameron Dicker as well, the guy you can add, just not this week, but I want to throw him in there as well. And then we have our land mine as these are players that we just don't have interest in here. Um, unless you find yourself. Yeah, really they're just players that I, I don't see really making an impact for you. The first one, Johnny Smith, if Atlanta pass catchers are tr tough to trust guys, why would we want the fourth option? This is purely a reactionary ad for a player that's touchdown or bust a pass. Next, Zach Wilson. It was the game Zach Wilson personally needed. They really hyped him up. The Chiefs players were really um, giving him some credit, trying to pick him up, help pick him up. The broadcaster was trying to help pick him up. I think everyone's rooting for Zach Wilson in an extent, but will be quick to jump on him when he's terrible. It's just what he needed last week, but do not roster this man in one of quarterback leagues unless he's solid through their week seven bye. I'm just not trusting it. He's a waste of a roster spot until we see it. Joshua Dobbs, another player that I think is just burning a roster spot for you in one quarterback leagues. He's rostered at 8%. I'm rooting for him, um, and he's crushed expectations thus far, but I will feel pretty confident with 20-plus other weekly streaming options because uh, we know just how low Dobbs' floor can be. Braxton Berrios, guys, he had a really solid week, uh, as he will probably pop up at times in the season. Uh, but outside of best ball, the tertiary options there in Miami just don't have much weekly um, confidence from me. Uh, I'm, I'm not rostering Braxton Berrios in any lineup setting league. Uh, go out of running back handcuff instead. Next, we have Devin Tompkins and Nick Westbrook-Akina, who are both rostering under 2% of leagues. Just don't touch the chase the touchdowns here. Uh, Devin Tompkins specifically is far down the order of bucks. So you should be considering to start week to week and NWI somehow has been the best wide receiver for the Titans, but uh, he's been a top 48 option three or four weeks. That just isn't worth a whole lot. The ceiling here is a mid wide receiver two. And th that was last week where it came to week without Burks and he scored a touchdown. So there's no upside there. You're never going to know when to start and we're not chasing the points uh, unless points are derived from projectable volume. Next, we got Curtis Samuel and Wando Robinson, both rostered in under 13% leagues. Samuel, I think he's a fine add in deeper leagues or three wide receiver plus flex leagues, but he's solely a depth league add here. Uh, in traditional two wide receiver plus flex leagues, he'll likely never be ranked in our top 36. He has a wide receiver six to seven floor and, and only a wide receiver three ceiling. I think last week might end up being his best of the season. I just don't see the upside there. I think the exact same thing can be said for Wando Robinson uh, as a player where his upside is probably similar to a Curtis Samuel. The last guy here that we think is a landmine is Terrace Marshall for you guys. 4% of leagues he is rostered. He got 10 targets last week and still barely cracked the top 36. Uh, last week puts him on our radar just from seeing that volume. But without continued success, I think Marshall's just going to end up being a roster clogger in standard size leagues. Next, guys, we have our segment two where we're going to be going into players that you should drop. Now, I'm going to give you a couple different groupings of drop players just like we did in the ads first we're going to start with players you can let go in shallow league shallow leagues uh we're gonna start with aj Dillon. i don't think much needs to be said here he's not hitting lineups in deep leagues you can hold him as cuff 
Uh, next is Antonio Gibson. Deep leagues, I think you can hold him as a cuff. Samaja Pirine, you can drop him in all formats. Zika Elliott, Jerick McKinnon, you can both let go. They're both holds maybe in your deeper league formats as handcuffs. Or uh, with McKinnon, it's more game script dependent once K- Kansas City finds their consistency. Next, we got Damian Harris. I think just Latavius Murray seems a better ad, if at all, if that's really what you're going for, for any contingency value. Then we got Deion Jackson and Pierre Strong. They're just not the options that offense I want, plus they're hitting the bye week. Uh, Devin Singletary, you can cut. Maybe you hold him. Uh, contingency value in deep leagues. Uh, Deuce Vaughn can be cut. I think Rico Dowell's injury to his hip shouldn't be too serious, and he has proven to be kind of the handcuff we'd want out of Dallas. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I think, can be cut. Shadow leagues, maybe you want to hold him in deep league format. Same with Kendra Miller. Then we got Pat Firemuth. I think you can cut him. Uh, you should miss two to three weeks here with this hamstring. Um, maybe in your deeper leagues, or if you have an IR that's wide open and you're tight end needy, you can hold on to him. Last part you can cut there is Sean Tucker. Now, if for any reason somebody drops these players, you should consider scooping them up. Basically, any of the holds that we mentioned before for deep league formats, if you're in a deep league and they're cut, I think you can add them. But in our shallow leagues, here are some other players. I think Deontay Johnson, Breesaw, Cam Akers, Javante Williams, Zach Charbonnet, Elijah Mitchell, Tyler Algier, Tank Bigsby, Tajay Spears, Jalen Warren, Kenneth Gainwell, Jeff Wilson Jr., Chuba Hubbard, Jamal Williams should all be picked up. They should all be rostered there. A big motif you'll see are these backup running backs. If you can't afford to, you win now, you're, you're one and three. They might not be the players for you because you have to go and use those spots for other players. Um, but if you are a 500 team or a winning team and you have roster spots, you can utilize Torsi's handcuff running backs. I think all of them need to be rostered because they have upside, again, based on an injury ahead of them. And then the last two names I'll throw is if you ever see a talented running back like a Jameer Gibbs or an Aaron Jones rage hit the wire in your shallower leagues, uh, very shallow would be for those types of players. Just burn your way for priority. Do not overthink it. That doesn't apply to 95% of people out there, but any newer listeners who are with us, uh, if you see one of those names, don't overthink it. Like They need to be on your roster. Now we have segment three. This is our diagnostics segment. This is where we dive into injuries from the past weekend and we let you know their status for next week. At this point, we don't usually have specific details on their injury until usually Thursday, Friday, you get clarity, but we will tell you who to monitor and who you should feel like you can prepare to have in your lineups. We'll start with Javante Williams. He had a hip flexor injury. He's 50-50 for next week. He wasn't expecting to miss much time, if at all, when he came out. That's what they said. But Peyton had no comment on his status. I guess that's just what he does for all of his players. I think he might be in next week, maybe a limited capacity. He won't be in our lineups, but he should definitely still be on your roster. Um, Kenny Pickett, knee injury. It's not looking great. MRI guys here depending uh, status based on those results for the severity of his injury. I think you can add Mitchell Trubisky for depth in super flex leagues, only super flex leagues. Of course, Deshaun Watson had his shoulder injury, his status for next week. Well, he's got a bye week, but he should return for the week after. I think we're good to go for Deshaun Watson. Next, we got Matthew Stafford. He hurt his hip, his status for next week. He should be good to go. He's as tough as they freaking come. Uh, despite the pain he was in this week, he still got the job done uh matthew stafford man he's a dog next we got geno smith knee injury next week should be good to go even if he missed practice all week if geno's your guy he should be in your lineup so he left the game monday night but he returned to finish the effort then we got justin herbert finger injury status next week shouldn't miss any time temporary expectations with a finger uh likely taped for next week but he's good to go 
Next, we got Pat Fryermuth. We talked about him a little early, a little bit earlier here with his hamstring, his status. He's probably going to miss two to three weeks unless if he ends up on the IR. Um, I think two is probably definitely the front end of that. The entire division here has just had really poor luck with injuries. I think Pat Fryermuth, you can cut him in more of your shallow leagues, deeper leagues. You can either put him on your IR or hold on if you're tight and needy. But for a lot of your shower leagues, go stream someone else. And I don't want to use a roster spot for a tight end that isn't a set and forget even when he comes back. Next, we got Mike Evans here, who hamstring injury. Uh, he's got the bye week this week. Let's monitor week six. I think it might be a 50-50. These hamstrings have been getting guys all year. Uh, barring any update on the severity of his hamstring, that's my expectation. But, of course, a lot of these guys three to four weeks. So we'll have to wait and see for a little clarity with Mike Evans. T. Higgins had a ribs injury. He's likely out for next week, so he might even miss more time than that. Please do monitor in your three wide receiver plus flex leagues or full PPR. I think Tower Boyd is a fine add, a guy you can play in a pinch. I would keep my expectations low. Tower Boyd still isn't a player that I think is going to be a locked and loaded like top 24 option, but I think certainly he has more than the top 48 upside we would expect otherwise, maybe top 36. So wide receiver three fork type status moving forward without T. Higgins. Next, we got Debo Samuel. He had a knee and ribs injuries, 50-50 for next week. I would say it's promising that he returned at the end of the game, but he burned a lot of managers here. He's going to be a really tough start to trust in week five unless we get a really solid midweek update here. Uh, so with Debo Samuel, he's a player. You should go down in the comments or jump in our free Discord. You'll find the link in the description and give us throughout the week. Ask for little updates, and then on Sunday or Saturday night, of course, you can come in and ask us our Thoughts on Debo Samuel for the weekend if we'd feel confident putting in our lineups based on your options. Uh, Jahan Dotson is a player who picked up an ankle injury this week and is 50-50, likely in for next week, I would probably say. But it's really unfortunate that Dotson at this point in the season has been tough to trust. And in week five, he's probably going to hit our bench regardless, even if he is healthy here. But at least it's good to know that his ankle injury is trending towards being better by the weekend. Uh, our last injury update here for you guys is Rico Dowdle for the Dallas Cowboys, the backup running back. He had a hip injury, set us for next week's 50-50. He might miss it. I think it's kind of the way he's leaning here. Maybe last minute he gets put in. Not that he's going to play a significant amount here, but still, as the backup there in Dallas, the guy we think we prefer the most behind Tony Pollard, it is an injury I think that's worth monitoring, a guy that I think in your deeper leagues you can still hold on to. In your shallow leagues, you can probably cut the guy out. Uh, would assume that a lot of you have better better handcuff options, better talents there, that is, or wide receivers that potentially you want to add for depth to play this week. So I'm not going to be holding on to him in those situations, but in deep leagues, uh, I'm still cool. Even if he misses time, throw him in your IR for a week. Section four here, guys, our weekly bonus. This is where we give a little buy low, buy high player of the week. Um, hopefully you guys held on patience to Josh Jacobs and Joe Mixon. Josh Jacobs finally came through. Joe Mixon's been pretty consistent the last couple of weeks. Uh, somebody in our comment flamed that call two, three weeks ago, and I doubled down on it, uh, gave a pretty long explanation in the comments, and it's looking like it's turning around, and we're hitting on that one. Now, if you guys ever disagree with anything, again, in the comments, I just love to hear it. Uh, if anything, it opens a conversation. I think fantasy wouldn't be a really good time if we agreed on absolutely everything. So I love it when you guys disagree, and I'm always going to try to fight my point there back. Maybe sometimes you guys will win us over. Uh, if you really want to extend that conversation, it's not as quick with the comments, and you want to bring others into it as well, you can join our free Discord. You can find it in the description. The chats are always going nonstop for both Redraft and Dynasty, they're always going the conversations there. Our channel actually is even more so uh, Dynasty crazy there. So definitely please come in and check us out. 
But my buy low for the week is going to be T. Higgins and Brees Hall. Now here, this is only if you can afford to do it. These are both contingent moves here. I think with T. Higgins, he's going to miss some time. If you can't afford to wait that extra time on T. Higgins for the type of player you're going to be using to get rid of him, you're going to have to be trading like a Raheem Mostert level type player here. Maybe you can get a wide receiver for a needy team. You can get that move there. Maybe a Garrett Wilson, uh, somebody that you feel T. Higgins has more upside than that once he comes back. You can go and try to make that move right now if you don't absolutely need that player to start. And then with Brees Hall, again, I don't think he's going to be in our lineups move forward, at least in top 24 running backs, but he's a player I still have belief in at the back half of the season when it matters, can really pick things up, especially if there ends up being quarterback change at any point there for the Jets. I think Brees Hall still has upside, although he's been disappointing in our lineups. I will admit he's looking to bust in that department at the time being, but hopefully can turn things around and still be big for us, which was our biggest plant fag of the offseason. I would love to see Brees Hall turn things around, and I'm still very interested in the player. Now, my sell highs for the week are going to be Derrick Henry and Calvin Ridley. Now, Calvin Ridley, I'll start with. Uh, you guys will flame me in here. I don't hate Calvin Ridley, I swear, because we're always kind of talking down on Calvin Ridley versus the options around him. You guys think I don't like Calvin Ridley. I like him a lot, and I'm rooting for him, but he has been trending down every single week. Uh, the two targets, again, it was a tougher corner matchup there for him, so I'm, I'm washing that away a little bit. But, but going down in the way that he has there, um, I still think if there's anyone in your league that views him as that top 15 wide receiver option. I think you can cash in optimally here for Calvin Ridley or use him as part of a package to go get someone better. But last week he was really bailed out by that touchdown. Um, the volume's been very concerning. Still, I think if you can buy cheap on Christian Kirk, as much as you Ridley fans hate when I keep saying this, I still think Christian Kirk is a player who's, despite having good weeks, might be able to still be bought at a value here for our redraft teams. And then Derrick Henry. This is one where he finally had the week we know from Derrick Henry against the Bengals, but he's been getting out-snapped by Taji Spears a lot of the season. He's been uh, a little less efficient than he's been in past seasons, and the offensive line is probably the worst he's played with since he's been there. Now, Tennessee Titans offense in general has just been going way down, and unfortunately, Derrick Henry just doesn't have the same floor that he's had in seasons past. So I think if you can capitalize on this big game and maybe make a move, um, yeah, I'm willing to go do it. I think Joe Mixon is like a name I'll throw out there. Or David Montgomery, they might not be perceived the same way Derrick Henry is, but if you can go out and add one of those two uh, into a deal, maybe pack up package and get better at a different position, at a wide receiver position, I think you should explore that option. I'm not saying you have to go out and sell Derrick Henry and Calvin Ridley low because I still think that they're in lineups, but if somebody still perceives them both at the way they would have perceived them, maybe at rate going into the season or after week one, I think that they're two players we can get good value from. Now that does it for us guys here on the transactional tidbits, ads, drops, and diagnostics for week five. If you stuck with us this long, please thank you. I really do appreciate you. Like, subscribe, and the comments help us a whole ton. If I miss anything at any point throughout this video, please let me know in the comments. As I mentioned, I do have a concussion right now. I'm hitting kind of my max screen time spot. I'm ready to come here and take a break. Uh, if you guys haven't had one before, I kind of feel like I'm just like a little high here, but a little nauseous and then you always have your temples kind of being pushed in 
Uh, it's not been my favorite. It's kind of varied throughout the day, but I was able to get this one in here and get this video out done, which honestly helps me when I have to go and get my waivers. As I said, hopefully I will be able to go check on replay all of the games, actual footage in the midweek, get to watch a few of the games because I didn't really watch football this weekend, but I did check the box scores and I did look into the numbers and that's how I got this video out here for you guys. But I really appreciate it if you stuck with me and hopefully you will be around next week as well for all things JWB. Look up JWB Fantasy Football on all socials. We're there on all of them. I'll try to do better this week on all of the TikTok, Instagram, as well as my quarterback stuff for the weekend. Hopefully, I'm ready uh, to get back at it, get back onto it for you guys next week. At JWB underscore FF on Twitter. Specifically, you'll see the pinned tweet where you'll find the entire team's information. Definitely go give all those people a follow. The whole team up to great things and then as i keep mentioning throughout the video our discord is down in the description and you can join our patreon get as many start sit 100 if you want answered uh in the patreon it's less than a dollar a week you can start and get there as well as if you like drafting well you can draft even in season you can draft over there on underdog fantasy first time depositors get a match up to a hundred dollars use code jwb yes that's code j WB, just like us over here at JW Fantasy Football, and you can get in and do those in-season drafts that they have, a lot of different events and cool stuff. Now, best ball, you don't even have to set lineups each week. They take your team and they put the best team on there. So you get real prize against real competition, and you don't even have to go in and set all these pesky waivers each week that we're talking about right now, which for me is one of the toughest things about fantasy football. So definitely go and check all of that out there in the description as well as a clips catalog where you can find a take on every single player for dynasty and redraft definitely go check us out and if we don't have a player in that catalog with a recent take that you would like get in the discord tag me in the discord and i will make sure we go and get a take for you um but until next week take care